0: You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong, believe, and be renewed along the way. It's no secret whatsoever, if you know me at all, that I'm a fan of '80s music. That's well, you know, that's my generation. That's my that's my uh, coming of age years, the decade of the '80s. And while I like current music and uh, music since the '80s as well, the '80s is where it, it is for me. And there's one song in the '80s that I was thinking about this week, and it's it's by the group the Pet Shop Boys. It's called "It's a Sin." And the lyric is everything I ever done, everything I ever do, every place I've ever been, everywhere I'm going to, it's a sin. <laughs> do you ever feel that way? That that everything you do is wrong, everything you do is messed up or, or even everything that you do is a sin? I mean, what is sin? Now we're in a series uh, kind of looking at the various ways we get wounded in life and how all those wounds can leave scars. And our goal is to find hope of healing even as we carry these scars. So today we want to take a deeper dive into the role that sin plays in our woundedness. Now, on some level, most of us have been scarred by sin. So we're going to dig into uh, Jesus and and, and, and a situation he faced in John chapter 8. So if you have a Bible, please grab that and turn to John chapter 8. And um, Jesus is in Jerusalem here, and it's for one of the many feasts, and through the words and actions— uh, of jesus many are recognizing jesus he has a prophet even even the messiah this is what's going on about him and this is causing some heated issues with their religious leaders so that's kind of the background of what happens in this story beginning in verse 1 of chapter 8 of john jesus returned to the mount of olives but early the next morning he was back again at the temple a crowd soon gathered and sat down and taught and, and, and he taught them as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman has, was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down uh, again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. So this story is, is, well, no one, you've probably heard this story before. But we're going to look at it today with this big idea. Sin leaves scars that remind us that we're not perfect. But the good news is Jesus welcomes broken people. So, so let's let, let me let me hit that again. Sin leaves scars that remind us that we're not perfect. But the good news is Jesus welcomes broken people. And you know what? So do we. This is what we, this is who we are at Awaken Church. We we welcome broken people. So let's let's build. Uh, let's build a little bit on that foundational big idea today. Sin leaves scars on yourself and others, okay? Sin leaves scars on yourself and on others. Um, Liz is someone who lived by the philosophy, do as you will and harm no one, and as a, as a part of an entire lifestyle based around that teaching. But, 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 but when Liz felt that her sister was spending too much time with someone else, and not enough time with her, she began to manipulate situations and conversations that ended up doing a lot of damage to others and nearly destroyed the, the lives of some other people. Um, and so while this was the, the philosophy, do as you will and harm no one, there was a lot of harm being done. What's the problem with this do you do idea of, of do what you want as long as you hurt no one? Because our actions have consequences, you may never know who is affected, okay? I'm not trying to, to argue that that's not a good idea or, or a, good, you know, a good way to try to live your life. I'm just saying your actions have consequences, and you never know who might be affected. As Jesus is teaching in the temple, a crowd gathered around him, and as he's speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who'd been caught in the act of adultery, and they put her in front of the crowd, Sin has a way of exposing things you'd rather keep hidden. It, it, would, it, would, it would be certain, it, it could be a certain un, unhealthy habit. It could be the fact that you've cheated and, uh, and lied. It could be a shortcut you took to get ahead. It could be that you, you took something that wasn't yours. If we were to like, list all the ways we sin and all the things we would rather keep hidden, we could go on and on, couldn't we? Why did the teachers of religious law put this woman in front of the crowd? One reason was, and this story tells us, is because of what Jesus was doing and teaching and what the people were saying about him. Their intent was to trick Jesus into saying something that would turn the crowd against him, something they could use against him themselves. Another reason is the cultural belief that the use of shame would serve as a warning to others to not do the same. One of the biggest scars sin will leave on your life is shame. You're ashamed of what you do you're ashamed of of habits that you have you're ashamed of how you treat people we we experience our brokenness so this shame creates distance between us and others the, these men who brought this woman to jesus in front of the entire crowd at the temple weren't just acting out of a sense of of duty i mean that was a part of it i mean this is our duty this is what we do but they were trying they, they were they were trying to do what a lot of us do we tend to justify ourselves by pointing out the brokenness of others See, sin leaves scars on yourself and others. So let's not default to being like those who point out what's wrong in the lives of everyone else. Let's be more like Jesus. And here's a a reality check. Jesus hates sin. Jesus hates sin. As you track through the entirety of the narrative of the scriptures, you find an ongoing theme that God hates sin. Jesus expresses this in a, in a profoundly unique way. Why do you suppose Jesus hates sin so much? So, so Jesus is teaching, and these, these religious leaders bring this woman caught in the act of sex with someone who is not her husband to Jesus. They quote the Torah, the, the law found in Deuteronomy 22 that states, If a man is found, found in adultery, both he and the woman must be put to death by stoning. It's an indication that God hates sin. It also brings up the question, where's the man? I mean, if they're going to follow the letter of the law, where's the dude? But Jesus knows their hearts. Jesus knows their hearts. Yes, yes, this God hates sin. But Jesus says, you know what? They aren't acting out of righteousness or holiness. And Jesus calls them on it. He says, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Their hypocrisy is revealed as they, one by one, beginning with the oldest, drop their rocks and leave the scene hypocrisy is a sin often meant to point out the sin of others hypocrisy is an in- attempt to be right to show how wrong someone else may be okay so so which is in itself a sin but but be the right way be right the right way okay you want to be right but be right the right way you don't want to be right right the wrong way <laughs> the word hypocrite that Jesus uses, or that we often see in the scriptures, it it's, uh, comes from the Greek word that means an actor wearing a mask. That's what a hypocrite is. Uh, basically, it's, you know, in performances, they would literally wear two faces. And so Jesus hates when we're two-faced. So yes, so, some of the church's history is a history of hypocrites. Yes. Where this is true, it does not reflect God though. See, God, God is not a God who, 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 who loves being hypocritical. Because God hates sin. Jesus hates sin. But 100% of the church's history is a history of sinners. We're all sinners when we come to Jesus. The, the church is filled with broken people who sin. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean it doesn't work, that means it is working. G- Jesus hates sin so much because of the wounds sin leaves on ourselves and others. You don't know why, why Jesus? why does Jesus hate sin so much? Because Jesus knows how much our sin will leave wounds on ourselves and on others. And he hates that. Jesus Jesus knows how sin leaves you eventually broken. And his desire is that you be whole. Today, we tend to want to shy away from terms like sinners. But but we're quick to agree that none of us are perfect. And, And on some level, all of us are broken people. It's simply two ways of saying the same thing. Brokenness, sin, is our gap between the ideal and the real. And here's the good news. God doesn't use perfect people. Where would he even find those? Where would he even find those? So, yes, Jesus hates sin and hypocrisy, but he loves broken people. Jesus loves sinners. Jesus loves sinners. If you had a cracked jar, like a, like a clay pot, what good would it be? I mean, I mean, you might be able to glue it together and use it to plant something, maybe, But but would it hold water? Would a cracked jar hold water? Have you ever felt like a broken jar? Have you ever felt just like you're cracked and broken and like everything just flows away. What good could a broken jar be? Well, one by one, the religious leaders face their own sin of hypocrisy. They, they depart and leaving this woman with Jesus in the middle of the crowd. And where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, neither do I go and sin no more. See, forgiveness isn't justification for your sin. It's a way through it. Okay. This Forgiveness isn't justification for your sin, it's a way through it. There's this cliche, a great bumper sticker I've seen, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. Well, let's not use the truth, this this truth of this, as permission to act unloving towards others, because that's what sin is. Sin is when we act unloving towards other people. Just because we're not perfect doesn't mean we have justification for treating people w- w- without love. Jesus says, go and sin no more. I'm not going to condemn you. I have a better plan. Jesus hated the hypocrisy of the religious leaders, and Jesus hated what this woman's sin was doing to her emotionally and mentally, but he loved this woman, and he told her the truth. You don't have to live in this brokenness anymore. This is, this is the question of sin. When have you been caught? When, when, has, when have you been caught in sin? See, with our sin, we go into denial. We, we experience futility uh, of, of trying harder. We, we, we feel the fear and anxiety that accompanies the brokenness. And Jesus comes up next to you, and he sees you, and he says that. I see you. Jesus says, I'm with you. I hear you. I'm your friend. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. It says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not ourselves. You see, Jesus is the light that shines through our brokenness. The more his light shines through me, the more my life becomes as God intended. So yeah, sin sin leaves scars that remind us that we're not perfect. The good news is that Jesus welcomes broken people. And so do we. If, we. if Jesus is the subject for us, then we welcome those who are broken. We welcome those who Jesus welcomes. So here's our next step. Confess any area of sin in your life to God and stop going there. This is called confession and repentance. And you do this to God. You don't need a priest, you don't need a you don't need me. You don't need a pastor. It 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 helps to to confess to others. It definitely does. That God is the one. You you basically confession means to agree with. You agree with God that you have you're broken and you need healed. You're, you confess to God that what you've done is sin and and you confess that that it's because some brokenness. Confess any area of your life of sin. To God and then stop going there. That's what repent means. Repentance. Repent means to change the mind, to change direction, to stop going your own way and just and go God's way. Confess and repent. So this is for you, not to like look at somebody else's life or have somebody else peek into yours. Look into your own life. Be real with yourself. Because God, He's not waiting for you to, to tell you something He doesn't know. That's why confession means agreement. <laughs> You're agreeing with God. He already knows. Confess any area of sin in your life to God and then stop going there. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you've been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.